I'm going to turn one more time to the book of Ruth. I ask you to turn to Ruth chapter number 4. Tonight, Lord willing, we're going to wrap this up. This book is a love story, a wonderful love story. It's also quite a success story. And we saw in chapter 1 that Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons, Mylon and Kylon, uh, tried to run from God's judgment in Bethlehem, Judah, to try to make it without him in the land of Moab. They were running from a famine that was in the land of Bethlehem, Judah. As a result, Elimelech died in Moab. His two sons married Moabite women. They also died ten years later, having no children. Think about it. They were married ten years, and neither brother uh, had any any uh, sons or daughters from um, their, um, their their husbands there, the wives. And so the, um, the two daughters-in-law were left to fend for themselves with Naomi. Naomi swallowed her pride, finally decided to return back to her homeland in Bethlehem, Judah. And Ruth went with her. She decided to join her. And she said, your God's going to be my God. And she... Um, she is, has through this book, we've seen her trust the Lord. We've seen her uh, leaning upon Naomi and learning uh, about the Lord. We've seen God's providence, and we'll continue to see God's providence in this chapter. Let me summarize what we've seen. In chapter 1, poor Moabite woman married a man who was going to die and whose mother would take her to Bethlehem, where God would continue working in her life. That's Ruth. And chapter 2, Ruth happened upon the field of Boaz, just to glean some grain so she and Naomi could just survive. That's the way they were looking for. They were in survival mode. Go get enough so we can eat for a day. And Ruth and Boaz wound up falling in love. She, she just happened upon the field. You believe that? God's hand was on that, wasn't it? God's hand. You see God's hand all through this book. In chapter 3, of all the men that Ruth could have fallen in love with, she fell in love with a man who qualified as a kinsman redeemer. Now let me assure you that none of these happenings were a coincidence. God had worked out all of these events. He did, did it not only because of his love and care for Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi, but also for a much larger demonstration of his love that we're going to see here in just a minute. Now, with all these things in mind <clears throat> uh, that have gone right with Ruth and Boaz, there was still one problem. That was a problem of another kinsman that was nearer than and Boaz. And so, being he was closer than Boaz, he would have to be dealt with first. So let's read what happens. Uh, we're going to pick it up in verse number 1. Let's read down to verse number 12, pick up the whole story here of what's happening. Ruth 4, verse 1, Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here, and he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman 
Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land that was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Can you feel the heart, his heart just kind of drop right there? Talking about Boaz, when his uh, kin, other kinsman says, I will redeem it. <clears throat> then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, <clears throat> the wife of the dead. <clears throat> to to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing uh, for to confirm all things. A, A man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. Uh, so he drew off his shoe. That's just a strange custom, isn't it? You know, people just have... Uh, we see all kinds of strange customs around the world, don't we? And it may seem strange to us, but it was the custom for them in that day. Um, we see uh, verse 9, and Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Kalion's and Milon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Milon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, and from the gate of his place, ye are witnesses this day. <clears throat> and all the people that were in the gate, and the elders said, we are witnesses. The Lord make the woman <clears throat> that is come into thine house, like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephrath, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Pharez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So we see Boaz here taking care of the business that was essential for his being able to marry Ruth. I mean, that's what he's looking for. He wanted to marry Ruth. But... This had to be taken care of. Boaz went to the city gates, which is where it was customary. Again, customs of the day. It was customary for all the official business to be taken care of at the city gates back during that time. It's kind of like us going to the courthouse today. Boaz first had to find this closer relative and give him the first opportunity to redeem Elimelech's land and redeem Ruth as well. 
The city gate was the place not only to take care of business, but it was apparently the most likely place to run into somebody. And so if you were looking for somebody, that would, would be where you would check, check out, uh, see if they might be around there. So he found him there. Boaz saw this relative, asked him to sit down with him in front of the elders, and he told him the story. And of course, we weren't there, but you can just imagine Boaz's heart just sink at the time that the kinsman first agreed that he would redeem the land for himself. Uh, but quick thinking by Boaz reminded this uh, other kinsman that he couldn't redeem the land without marrying Ruth in order to carry on the name of the deceased. And after being told that tidbit of information, this other kinsman's demeanor changed. And uh, Boaz was praising the Lord, I'm sure. Can't you just see him just kind of, probably wasn't jumping, jumping up and down on the outside, but he was certainly jumping up and down on the inside, I'm sure. If this man were to redeem Ruth and have a son by her, this son would get a piece of land that this kinsman was redeeming. But he would also have to give up some of the inheritance he had saved up for his son that he already had. And that's why he said there in verse 6, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. He was looking out for his own children at that point. Now we can just imagine that Boaz's heart is filled with joy at this time. And finally he would be able to marry uh, this lady of his dreams. Uh, and so... There were some, here's a couple of things that we need to apply in our own lives here that we see. Sometimes we have to just deal with the issues that God puts in front of us. Amen. Sometimes there's some things that we'd rather just not have to deal with. And I'm sure this was a, a situation that Boaz wishes was not, that it wasn't a problem. Um, and he probably didn't want to have to do this. God wants to do some great things in our life as well, but in order for Him to do those, sometimes we must deal with some things that we'd rather not have to deal with as, as well. So, so let's learn that from Boaz's life. He, he, he took it on. He said, well, i got to deal with it. I'm going to deal with it. Another thing is God will help us work things out if those things are His will for our life. You know, if, Leaning upon the will of the Lord. Lord, if this is your will, work it out. My wife and I have, <clears throat> over the years, uh, tried to live by this. And sometimes the timings of something, um, like we pray about buying a car, or pray about doing something, and, and uh, it fall through. And what we do is we say, well, I guess it just wasn't the Lord's will. You, know? well, you go back to get, to get the car, and, um, and it's not there. Well, the Lord didn't want us to have that one then. There was a reason for that, and we praise the Lord for it and go on anyway. And that's what I'm saying is that, you know, if, if something is the Lord's will, He'll help you work it out in your life. God already knew that the new, near kinsman would not redeem Ruth so that Boaz could. I mean, after all, God was in control here. And if we have to force something, we need to see that maybe it's not God's will, right? 
We need to be careful about forcing things. Um, God has a purpose and a plan for each person, each one of us. In fact, God has a plan for even the lost. He wants them to come to a saving knowledge of Him. Now, they may not find that purpose that He has for them, but doesn't mean that He doesn't have a purpose and plan for them. And it's even true for the backslidden. I mean, Naomi was backslidden. God had a purpose and plan for her. And she got, got back in the land, and God worked it out. God worked out the, the, the details in her life. So we see Boaz took care of the business that was essential to marrying Ruth. Then in verse 13, we see Boaz consummated the marriage with Ruth. Look at verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. When he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Once all of that business with the nearer kinsman was concluded, we see that Ruth and Boaz got married. Now, we're not given the details. You know, with, the, with this great love story, wouldn't you love to have the details of how that marriage went? You know? I mean, I know some of you ladies would like, have, have liked for the, the, that to be elaborated on a little bit. But we're not given any details about the wedding itself. So anything other than verse 13 is just speculation. But we can speculate a little bit, can't we? We can, we can imagine. After getting married, we see that Ruth immediately conceived and bore a son. As we see in verse 17, uh, um, they called, he, he was called Obed, which means worshiper or a servant who worships. That's what his name means. Now, what a seemingly unlikely story this is. We, we might look at the situation and say, how in the world could anything good come out of this situation? I mean, when you see the mess that Elimelech <clears throat> had made of his family's life, Naomi was caught up in that, and you see all the disaster of the deaths that took place, and them being left uh, basically penniless, <laughs> no, didn't have didn't have anything. Uh, she came back empty uh, to where she was at uh, there in uh, Bethlehem, Judah, and we we wonder how in the world, you know, when we look at it from a worldly standpoint, how in the world could this turn out good? Ruth had been married to Naomi's son for ten barren years, and then he died. Well, was Ruth the problem or was it the son? You know, Ruth probably wondered whether she would ever have any children. You know, um, it didn't appear that her future was getting any brighter. But she and her mother-in-law traveled back to Bethlehem, Judah. They had no possessions, and the only way that they could survive was for Ruth to glean wheat and barley in the field of the others that she was going to be at the mercy of. And she, she, she wanted to do that. She wanted to do that for her mother-in-law, and she wanted to do that for herself. And the thought of that was certainly probably not very promising on the surface of it. I mean, you're, you're looking at a life of, of continued labor, right? Um, and you're wondering whether you're going to have, uh, so, some people call it living from, from, from hand to mouth. You know, <laughs> you just, just day, by, day by day, they were going to have to tr trust the Lord. But then she happened upon Boaz's field, and that was by God's good grace. 
and God's providence, Boaz was a near kinsman who saw Ruth and cared for her and desired to have a relationship with her. And suddenly life became good for Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. I mean, all, all three of them got a great pick-me-up out of each other, didn't they? I mean, Boaz, uh, he had a great interest in Ruth. And, man, you know, Naomi was in on uh, helping Ruth with the process that she wasn't really uh, uh, knowledgeable about because uh, she didn't grow up in the Israelite community. But um, uh, it, was, it was good all around for Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. And even when there was the problem of the nearer kinsman, God was at work. God worked things out for them all. I want you to listen. Our, our Lord Jesus Christ saw us. and He was willing to pay any price to do and to do anything to have a relationship with us. Romans 5 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a blessing. Amen. Now, the application for us is simple trust God, trust him with your whole life. <clears throat> God's hands are the safest place for us to be. Amen. Um, it all goes back to, to uh, Ruth 1 and verse 16 uh, where she said, you know, I'm, uh, where are you going, I'm going to go. Where, where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God shall be my God. Her decision to follow the God, the Lord God of Israel. And uh, then in chapter 2, verse number 12, where we see that she was, she was trusting the Lord. Uh, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward to be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. So she was learning to trust the Lord in her life. Formerly a <clears throat> pagan, formerly a uh, just uh, a, from a cursed race. <laughs> and But she learned to trust the Lord. Psalm 46 verse number 10 says, Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Well, he was exalted among this heathen woman, wasn't he? He, he just was. <clears throat> Give God all that you have. And when I say all that you have, whether it's material or immaterial, God, you, you, all that I have is yours, and I am yours. <laughs> and uh, rest in his faithful, caring hands. Uh, the song... Uh, that my wife and I sing sometimes. Um, Be not dismayed, what air betide, God will take care of you. Uh, Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. Uh, love that song. Um, and that's true. We need to, to, God will take care of us. Now, the last thing I want us to see here, excuse me, verses 15 through 22. Uh, in the end, we see what the Lord was doing in all of this that we've seen in the book. Look at verse 15. <clears throat> it says, And he shall be... Um, well, let's, let's back up to verse 14. And the woman said unto Na women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left... Uh, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, 
that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom, became nurse unto it. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. How do you like your neighbors to name your child? Hmm? Ain't going to happen. <laughs> what happened there? Um, so they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Wow. Now these are the generations of Pharez. Pharez beget Hezron, and Hezron beget Ram, and Ram beget Amnadab, and Amnadab beget Nashon, and Nashon beget Salmon, and Salmon beget Boaz, and Boaz beget Obed, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David. And where do we come with all of this? Well, with Boaz being the great-grandfather of King David, that made him the great 24th grandfather of Jesus Christ. Okay? Yeah. The godly line of Christ. God, God loved Ruth and Boaz, so he calls them to be together. And, and, but he also brought them together because he loves us. Okay? This, all of this was not just for them, it's for us. <laughs> um, uh, he loves us and wants to teach us about His amazing grace. Through this unlikely pair, God chose to accomplish His redemption for the world. The women told Naomi that Ruth loved her and was better, said better to thee than seven sons, there in verse 15. They were right, of course, because God would use this lineage of Ruth and and Boaz to bring the Redeemer of all mankind into the world. Naomi had had a rough life, but now she was restored. She was restored through, uh, through the new life that she held in her hands. Look at verse 16 again. <clears throat> Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom. It became nursing to it. Naomi, who came back home bitter and empty, was holding the link to her own redemption right there. Think about that. Holding the link to her own redemption in her hands. Not only her redemption, but the redemption of the whole world. And that's what only God can do. And He did it. Amen? And that's why I called this what God can do. God can take a, a person from a cursed race. He can, by faith, He can clean them up. He can bring them about and, do, and perform His purpose in their life. Amen? Alright, that's our Bible study for this evening. Let's uh, pull back out our prayer list and we'll pray for the needs and be dismissed with this prayer. I hope that you've enjoyed the book of Ruth.